I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal. This is your peak daily for Thursday, July 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Jay. So for today's fact of the day, it's going to require some pop culture knowledge. Are you a fan of the hit movie Mean Girls? No. Is that the wrong okay. answer? No. Well, it's a it's a pretty good movie. It's a it's a quality movie, but it was a, a pretty important part of my childhood for a few reasons. One, because it was filmed in Toronto, so the high school was Etobicoke Collegiate Institute. The mall therein is Sherway Gardens, and now we know where the home is because the home of Regina George from Mean Girls is up for sale. And you have any idea of how much it's going for? The big palatial mansion she she lived in. Well, a big palatial mansion in Toronto is gonna be worth. Millions and millions and millions. Millions indeed. In fact, it is up on the market. You can buy it. You yourself can own this home for $27 million. Let me give you some details about it. It's 12 bedrooms, 14 bathrooms. It's on the bridal path, so it's a great location. What more could you ask for? Is Drake your neighbor up there? Very close. Very close. I can't, I, you know, I actually haven't looked detailed. I haven't looked deeply enough to know if he's the exact neighborhood, but he's definitely in the in the, in the neighborhood. I like it. I like it. So, I mean, I can't buy it. I think you mean one could buy it if they had that kind of money. Well, Jay, I'm not here to speculate on your net worth. I think anything's possible. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Brett, aside from 12 bedrooms that I can't buy, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, inflation is way up. Surprise, surprise. For our second story, the Nord Stream is back online. We've been talking about this for a few episodes. And for our last story, we're cleaning up our marine supply chain. For our first story. Canada's Consumer Price Index surged 8.1% in June, the biggest annual increase in almost 40 years, mostly driven by high gas prices, which are up 54.6% since last year. Brett, this is just not good news for our wallet. Is there a silver lining? You know, there's a silver lining in everything, Jay. You just got to look for it. So here's this one. So the 8.1% rate is actually lower, lower than the 8.4% rate that economists surveyed by Bloomberg were expecting. And the numbers show food and shelter price hikes may be slowing. So that's, that's a nice little silver lining there. <laughs> You're really searching for it. Now, here's what this number means to you, Peak Pals. Say you made $70,000 last year, which is not enough to buy the house on the bridal path, but an inflation rate of 8.1% means you would have to secure another $5,670 raise between then and now just to remain buying the same types of things you were dying for. Not to mention, you have to include the compensation that we contribute to you by keeping up to date on daily Canadian business news. By the way, that's a bit of a nudge. Go tell your boss that you listen to the Peak Daily. <laughs> I thought there were no plugs in here. But before uh, you go... <laughs> no, free plugs. We're, <laughs> oh, free. You know, we're getting paid for this, Jay. Fair enough. But before you go banging on your boss's door, the numbers are showing some evidence that price pressures may be easing, especially if home prices across the country continue to fall. Now, the Bank of Canada will continue to hike interest rates as long as inflation is rising, which could lead to problems for those who have or are looking to take on some debt. And that is a lot of us, Brett. Canadians owe $1.83 in consumer debt for every dollar of disposable income they have. And Canada has one of the highest household debt to GDP ratios in the world. Now, again, there's some good news here, Jay. The good news is that Scotiabank's chief economist, Jean-Francois Perrault, expects the Bank of Canada rate to peak at 3.5% later this year and stay consistent throughout 2023. You're getting all the silver linings today. And here's the bottom line. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem, who we are calling TMAC, and actually, Brett, I saw you call him TMAC on national TV, so that was really something, acknowledges high rates 
will add to financial difficulties for Canadians, but said short-term pain is necessary, ouch, to bring inflation down for the long term. T-T-T-T-T-Mac. For a second story, Russia said the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, Europe's main gas delivery system, would resume operations today after a scheduled maintenance shutdown, likely though at reduced capacity. So, Jake, do you want to give the Peak Pals a quick update on what's happening with the Nord Stream? When Nord Stream shut down, Europe feared that Russia wouldn't turn it back on as retaliation for supporting Ukraine after it explicitly told buyers there were no guarantees for gas deliveries due to exceptional circumstances. And we know those exceptional circumstances, Jay. That's the war in Ukraine. Now, even with Russia promising the flows will resume, it's still unclear exactly how much gas will actually make its way to Europe. Goldman Sachs analysts told the Wall Street Journal they expect the pipeline to run at 40% capacity, the same levels it's been running since June. Now, here's an interesting Canadian connection. President Vladimir Putin warned operations could drop to 20% capacity if Russia doesn't soon get back a turbine that was caught up in Canadian sanctions that's currently, it's lost in the mail. Is it really lost in the mail? In response to this uncertainty, the EU has announced a voluntary, stress voluntary plan urging member nations to reduce gas usage by 15% until March, with provisions in place to make those measures mandatory if the energy crisis worsens. And so, Brett, why should Peak Palace care about the Nord Stream flow? So EU President Ursula von der Leyen, I love that name, didn't mince words about the situation saying Russia was blackmailing Europe and weaponizing energy. Now, unfortunately, it's been a pretty effective weapon, sparking an energy crisis that has contributed to a potential recession in Europe, but also around the world. Now, to stabilize itself, Europe needs to begin securing gas from elsewhere. But other countries, like us in Canada, chipping in is easier said than done. We just don't have the infrastructure for it. And for our last story, the federal government has announced two billion dollars of expansion to Canada's Oceans Protection Plan, with one stated initiative is to improve the efficiency and sustainability of Canada's marine supply chains and mitigate their impacts on the environment. Brett, how sustainable is our marine supply chain? Well, this is probably not something that Peak Pals think about a lot, but it's actually very important. And the fact is, is that our marine supply chain isn't that sustainable, but this expansion looks to tackle a myriad of ocean-related issues and enhance the protection of marine wildlife, make marine travel safer, and advance indigenous partnerships. As you can imagine, that's a big ask for an industry trying to change, but hitting some speed bumps. Now, the marine shipping industry, it accounts for 2.9% of all greenhouse gases, which surprisingly makes it a bigger contributor than aviation, and it has a long way to go to cut down emissions per a new financial post report highlighting some of its old-fashioned practices, which include... These are old-fashioned. Logging data only once a day at noon in keeping with an over 200-year-old tradition, despite being able to do it more frequently with modern technology and leaving port very fast to get ahead of potential storms, burning excess fuel despite having accurate weather predictions and better ships since they're not made of wood anymore, Brett. I, I like this idea of bringing lumberjacks into the 21st century. Software truly is eating the world, Jay. Now, changing these practices would allow them to use less fuel and develop more efficient routes, as would the adoption and development of better guidance systems, clean energy, and electric vehicles. And so, Jay, why do all of these changes to make our marine supply chain more sustainable matter to Peak Pals? Well, marine shipping moves 90%, 90% of global trade, and making it more efficient would be a plus for oceans across the globe. Unilateral change is nearly impossible because all the different jurisdictions that cover shipping, but Canada's plan could bring about change for Canadian ships. 
Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson, 306 Media Productions, for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, during this podcast, I came up with an idea. You want to hear it? I don't know if I want to hear it, Jay, but I feel like I can't stop you. So what's the idea? Like sports jerseys. Yeah. On the front, it says like Bank of Canada. And on the back, it says TMAC. TMAC. Number one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I've got another one for you. Can I for spitballing here? My other sure. shirt idea that I came up with yesterday was you have on the back it says Rogers Technical Support Team 2022 Retreat or something like that. <laughs> That's very good. I would buy that. I think people would yeah. buy that. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.